tell me it's we're good. Well, I'm just going to press record and say we're good. Starting now? Well, not, I mean, we can start whenever. Right that's like you can like have a rolling start. Okay. Like you can get comfortable, you can get, you know. Okay, that's the microphone. great thing about it. It's not live, right? So we're we right. relaxed. I mean, I'm Facebook living it. Is that, is that yeah, not yeah. what you want? Yeah, we do. <laughs> totally, totally do. live. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Ready? Remember, do you, so oh. you have this message of who? Oh yeah, make sure I'm guilty of having this thing way too close. Am to my I face. too close? No, I think okay. fine. Am I? Because I'll do. Yeah. <gasps> we need to warm up our voices. <laughs> Unique oh. New York. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready to go. We're ready when you're ready. All right. Here. All right. I'm so glad that you could join us today. In my everyday work life, I work for Lockton and I help families ensure their valuable assets, homes, autos, things of that nature. And during COVID, I had some time to think, as we all have, and I realized that the most valuable, valuable asset of all is clearly our health, um, how to build our immune system, how to stay healthy. And so with that, we're very lucky today because I have John and Brittany Rowley, the owners of 2020 Fit, it is a uh, gym and really a community that I've belonged to for four years now. And I have to say, I thought I knew a lot about health, but until I met these two, I realized I, was, um, I had a lot to learn. So we're going to do a three-part series, and I'm going to let John and Brittany take it away and tell you a little bit more. Yeah, so between Brittany and I, we, we own a fitness facility, and that is, at the end of the day, a, a kind of a conduit that we treat as a, a way to improve health. And what we're going to focus on in this three-part series is everything except exercise. So you might, you might look at somebody who runs a fitness facility and you think that we're going to give you fitness advice. Well, really what we've found is 80% of any results that our clients get are lifestyle-based. And, and so over the, over the three parts, the first is going to be recovery, which is what we're going to talk about today. The second will be nutrition. And the third is probably one of our favorite topics that everybody wants to get into is biohacking. What are the quick, quick tricks? What are the, what's the magic pill that I can take to, to solve all, all my issues? And um, so, so we're excited to have this conversation because we geek out on this. Uh, but we spend a lot of our time talking about what happens inside the gym. And this is the, the rest of our life that we get to kind of uh, uncover uh, that makes the biggest impact. So I have a question right away, John. As you're talking about recovery, why is that even a bucket? So it's, it's a way, one, you're going to do it eight hours every night. So we spend a third of our life in a bed. And recovery, a.k.a. sleep, a.k.a. several things that we're going to go through here, are all uh, attributed to health. The better you recover, the better, you're going, the better your health is going to be. And that could, that could be from a weight loss standpoint. That could be from a mental clarity standpoint. That could be athletic performance. So you, you name it, the best of the best know how to recover. And um, it's overlooked. Because everybody wants, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this are the, the type A, we're just going to go harder, faster, longer, and, uh, and we'll, we'll just try to be better than everyone else. Well, it's, it's also about being able to slow down and stop so that you can recharge and be better next time. I, I think that's a great point. Very so good point. starting with sleep, should we talk about some of the things we do to get the best yeah. night's sleep we can? So you're, you're, it's on your right wrist. So, so the, oh, the, sure. the, the, fir the first thing that we wanted to talk about today as, um, as a tool is most people, what, what gets measured gets managed. Is it old Peter Drucker saying? And if you are not measuring something, you have no way to uh, acknowledge whether that you need to improve it or if you are improving it. So what we, uh, Brittany and I both utilize is a, a tool called the WHOOP. 
And basically, it's a, a very simple, like, not simple, it's complicated, but it's simple on your body in that there is no screen on it. It's a biometric sensor. And what this tells us in, in a nutshell is how our rest is. We were talking about before we started filming is our activity levels as well. Right. Yeah, so it measures not only sleep, recovery, but your day strain. So it can tell if you sat at a desk all day and didn't do much at all, or it can tell if you had a hard workout. It um, also measures things like HRV. Which is your heart rate variability, which is an indicator of just general nervous system health. And go ahead. But to stay on track with sleep, so really one of the beneficial things that we find is that we take certain measures to improve our sleep, and then we can kind of track if it's having any measurable mm -hmm. difference via mm -hmm. our WHOOP, which I will mention, WHOOP is not the only device like this that you can use. There's also an Aura Ring that I've heard things good things about. It's a little less invasive. It's just on your finger, but... And um, people use the Apple Watch also, Apple or even Watch, just the Fitbit. Sure. Fitbit. A absolutely. But, so. but the, fir the first bit is you have to have some way of measuring. Right. And, and, and just being aware. And, and that, that could be as simple as writing down when you go to bed and when you wake up and if you had to get up and go to the bathroom in the, in the middle of the night. So it, it doesn't have to be high tech. It can be pretty, pretty simple from there. But the, the reason we, we start there is now we get into how to, how to improve sleep. So the, the first thing that we go to is lighting and paying attention to what light is emitted in your house after dark. Without sounding like too much of hippies, we are not designed for artificial light. Right. Here we are under LED lights. Yes, we've got some natural light coming at us, but at 8 o'clock at night when the sun is down, we were designed to be around a campfire. And now we're staring at a screen that's six inches from our face mm -hmm. or at a 60-inch screen on the wall. So we're, we're very cognizant, you know, within a couple hours of, of bedtime that we need to either down-regulate the lights in our house or we need to wear some sort of uh, blue blockers. So that's kind of one of the biohacking things that we do. It's like, okay, we live in you know, 2020, and like sometimes we want to watch a TV show, and it is you know later at night, <clears throat> past dark. So we do have a number of different tools that you can use. So I know we have both blue light blocking glasses for during the day that um, are actually look really normal and natural. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm sure you have people I just wearing them at work. Mm -hmm. Right now, you don't even know I'm where I'm at work, but it just, I, people who ever get headaches or eye strain from staring at a computer all day, those are great tools. But something a little more, um, for more obvious that we use for TV watching at night is these like red light glasses and they look a little dorky. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's an understatement. When we first got them, we were like, wow, we're... Don't go in public. We're pushing it here. But it's not a big deal. You know, you just put them on, you watch a TV show, and really it prevents that blue light from getting into your irises and allows your melatonin production to stay on its natural course. Because if you're watching TV until 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, your melatonin production isn't going to start till like three or four hours later, which is then you're halfway through your sleep. So, so let me ask you a quick question on that. Is it then not recommended that one falls asleep to the TV? So, so I was going to piggyback on Brittany's point. Is one, if you're a slow starter in the morning, it's highly due to the fact that your melatonin production isn't kicking in until way, way later at night. Two, if, you're a, if you get a second wind at, in the evening, so say at, at 8.30 you start feeling drowsy and, and you start getting tired, and then all of a sudden by 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock you get the second wind, well, th that's your cortisol and, and adrenaline spiking. Uh, which is basically it, you have rode the initial wave of melatonin down and now you are you are basically amped up because your body thinks it's noon because it's getting this artificial sunlight. So to answer your question, if you are falling asleep in front of a blue light emitting device, you're falling asleep, but you're not getting you're not getting REM sleep. 
And this kind of, to give a real-world example, so my mom, who's 65, 64, sorry, mom, um, <laughs> just got a whoop a couple weeks ago, and she's always been like, I don't need to track my sleep. I fall asleep great. I get great sleep. Well, she, the first week after watching her sleep date on her whoop, like one night, she got literally four minutes of REM. So the, rem, the REM is the sleep that you're going to get to start off the night. So this is where we say, for, for mental clarity, the sleep you get more before midnight is is... I can't, I'll throw a fake statistic out here, but it's, it's very, very impactful in relation to the sleep you get after midnight. The sleep you get before midnight is weighted towards REM sleep, which is what Brittany's talking about. Okay. So if you're missing out by, by staring at that screen, yeah, you might fall asleep. You're not getting that, that mental uh, rejuvenation that you need. Your, your body still might get rested and you might recover from your workout just fine, but you're not getting the, the, you know, the mental neurological recovery that you need, which is generated by REM sleep. And where we've learned a lot of this, because we're not sleep experts, obviously, but um, a book that we read recently, we read a couple books, but Lights Out and then Why We Sleep. Super interesting books. It just makes you realize how much Lights Out is by T.S. Wiley, and then and we'll put that on the screen. Who is, who is Why uh, We Sleep by? I forget. Matthew... Something we can we'll, in the we'll show notes. It. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but please. super interesting books and really inspire you to want to make some lifestyle changes that absolutely impact your sleep, whether whether you think you're sleeping well or not. Right. You know. So now we'll kind of rip through some bullet points of things that we do to optimize sleep. And the the reason this is part one is it's it's really easy and it's relatively inexpensive, and you're going to do it anyway, so you might as well get the best out of it. So one is Brittany mentioned the blue light glasses. Two is a sleep mask blackout curtains. So, so I, I wear a sleep mask. If your spouse or significant other goes to bed before or after you, I typically get in bed first. When I, when I turn my light off, I put my, my, um, you know, my sleep mask on so that she can do her business still. Sure, I'll and I'll still read with my lamp, and then I don't wear sleep masks because by the time I turn my light off, like our, our room is pitch black. Like We make sure all electronics which we don't really have electronics in our room. That's, that's, um, but that's we have blackout curtains. Um, so you just want to make sure that there's no artificial light because both your eyes and your skin can perceive that and it can affect your hormones. Right, so you think, think dark and cold. So the, the darker your room is, the better. The cooler your room is uh, as well. And, and that's one of the things that we've, we've done. And typically in the summer, we use this thing called a chili pad. Mm. And this is great for people who, who maybe one partner is, is hot and one partner is cold. It allows the partner who's cold to downregulate the bed. And I love it for the summer. I wouldn't cuddle with her for a million dollars in July. Like, get off me. I'm like, so hot. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a furnace, but but now that I have the chili pad, it, it helps me uh, reduce my body temperature. Just think of all the marriages you could have just saved. Oh, I know. Right? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So the chili, chili pad is I great. I think we originally learned that from like Tim Ferriss. There's a bunch yeah. of those podcasters out there uh, that, that use it. So, so another thing is, uh, and I was just talking to a dentist last week, Dr. Harry here in Kansas City. He now recommends this to his patients which is great because we've been talking about this for a couple of years, which is taping your mouth shut when you sleep. Yeah. Which, when he first started doing it, I'm like, you look insane. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and now, now I'm now doing picture, it. picture a mouth tape, eye mask, <laughs> earplugs. I mean, you're going into your cocoon, uh, but, you know, you take a lot of things seriously in life. Why not take one of the things that, I mean, you take work seriously. So I think you kind of have take to explain while the ma why the yeah, mouth taking so is important. Absolutely. So, so when, you, when you breathe through your mouth, you're generating or you're telling your nervous system that this is a fight or, fight or flight opportunity. Your body goes under a sympathetic response, which means it elevates. And your, your heart rate's higher. You're, you're ad ad releasing adrenaline. Your body is going to um, basically be treated as it's in a stressful environment. So 
if you breathe through your nose, you are in a parasympathetic state, mm -hmm. which means your body has the opportunity to relax. The one thing that gets my ears to, to stand up is when you're breathing through your nose, you have the opportunity to burn fat. Your body's going to use fat as fuel. When you're breathing through your mouth, say in an athletic event, your body's going to look for blood sugar in your blood, and then it's going to go to proteins in your muscle mm -hmm. to synthesize. Yes. So not to get too off topic here, and we'll reeling right back in, but if you start a running program and you run, breathing through your mouth, you're going to lose weight, I guarantee it, a lot of that weight's going to be muscle. So th that said, we, we emphasize nasal breathing. It, it also helps you improve your nasal path, uh, you know, pathways, even if you're stuffy. Um, you know, you think of it as a, a tissue just like your arm. If you don't use your arms, they're going to get weak. Right. If you're not using the tissues in your nose, they're, also, they're going to get stuck. Doesn't it help your lung capacity as it well? Sure does. Yeah. Well, it, it improves your it's body's ability to diaphragmatic breathe. And then with regard to the tape, because I'm sure people are thinking of like masking tape and all this yeah. terrible like ripping it off. Right. There it's, is tape it's that's... Three, uh, three, we use 3M micropore tape. So it's, it's doesn't it's hurt not, when it, you nope. take it off. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and the book we got um, is called The Oxygen Advantage and it's really, I mean, after you read it, you're like, I read it and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this now. And so really mouth breathing should only be reserved for those like fight or flight situations mm -hmm. or if you're like going all out in a workout and you make the decision like, hey, in the end here, I'm going to mouth breathe. But really it's not um, yeah. optimal. And I think for those in a sales or a leadership position, you'll know the days where you spend a lot of time presenting versus the days you spend you know, not presenting, you're drained. Because as you're speaking, as we're doing right now, you're, you're mouth, mouth breathing. breathing. Yeah. What a great point. So it's just, it's something to pay attention to. And, and, and while, doing it while you're sleeping doesn't cause, there's no, there's no negative side effects at all. Great point. So, and, we've got, and we've got people off sleep apnea machines by, by breathing through their nose. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a hugely, hugely positive um, and very, very cheap fix. Okay, next. Yeah. What's your, your favorite thing, the weighted blanket? Oh, the weighted blanket. So this was me, like, because I used to always be a... Um, tummy sleeper because I just liked having like something against my body. I don't know, right. maybe. It, so um, anyway, so then I wanted. To, I was trying to sleep on my back because you know there's all the reasons for breathing. You know it's not good to stomach sleep. So then I was looking at this weighted blanket and it is just like it just knocks you out. You know you just feel so secure and. Um, they, I mean they use it for children who have like anxiety disorders and. Um, but you don't have to have that to utilize it just for, you know, optimal sleep. Right. And, and the thing I like about it is I'm a hot sleeper. It's, it doesn't keep me warm. So even in the summer where I might sleep in a sheet and just roll around, now I'll have that weighted blanket on me and it just it holds me in place. So is it good for if you do have a partner who tosses and turns a lot, if you stick that on them, is that going to... They don't to... move as much. Ooh, yeah. That's another good yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, three out of seven nights now I wake up in the same position that I... Slept in. Those are my good sleeping nights. Mm -hmm. Last night, for example, was not one of them. You know, I wake up on my side or whatnot, but uh, much more often than, than not using that weighted blanket. The other thing sleep-wise that we need to be cognizant of are stimulants. Mm -hmm. So whether it's caffeine or nicotine, hopefully we don't have to have a nicotine conversation here. So we'll just go, we'll go to coffee, uh, caffeine. I'm mentioning coffee. Um, is managing and minimizing when you're having caffeine. Uh, to amplify your sleep. I feel like you've noticed an improvement in your sleep. Well, it's, it's amazing. I'm doing this 28-day detox where caffeine is obviously not part of the program. And it is amazing that I don't need it as I'm on day 16 of this detox. What about day three? I felt like hell. Right. So, so that's something to acknowledge. Like, you can't just go, oh, I, I was told I shouldn't drink caffeine. Well, you're going to yeah. it, it. It took a week probably. It took a good six to nine days, and I only drink one cup of coffee a day and one cup of tea. Yeah. 
I was shocked. I was shocked. And I was also surprised to read that caffeine, what it does to you. I didn't realize that it, basically the headaches are because all the blood is rushing back to your brain. <laughs> I thought, oh goodness, that certainly can't be good for you, right? Right. No. Yeah. Well, and I think it, one of the biggest things is it drains your adrenals too. So a lot of times if, you, if you're a really slow starter in the morning, check your caffeine intake because I'm sure you feel better after drinking coffee, but like if Every, you just, when does. you wake up, if you, right. But when you wake up, if you feel just so sluggish, um, a lot of time that's because when you drank caffeine the days before, it increased your cortisol at a time that it wouldn't normally be shooting up, which is helpful for you know doing computer work or whatever. But so here's a question for you all, um, because I don't want to go back to where I was, but I love a, you know a latte with almond milk. Or does decaf? If I'm going to decaf, am I am I blowing the program? I wouldn't say you're blowing the program. I would just pay attention. And, and I, maybe, you know, and not to get too far off topic, but I think that our, our biggest message is just try for yourself. Right. You know, you, you can't take any expert's advice and, and treat it as gospel. You know, maybe, maybe I've got a guy I'm working with right now who drinks um, iced coffee all day long. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop at noon and see if you notice a difference in your sleep. You know, take, take baby steps in that direction. So for you, I'd probably say... On the weekend, and, and this is where I tell our, our executives that, that I work with, is you're under enough stress mm. that you don't need caffeine. You, you've got all the stimulants in your life with, you know, a board of directors to report to and subordinates, whatever you have going on, you don't need to add to that. So what I would encourage you to do is maybe on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, it's a relaxing day, you're going to get some sunshine, you're going to go for a walk, you're going to be able to burn it off. That would be your opportunity to go back and, and, and have caffeine. And that's kind of something we've gravitated mm-hmm. towards, and we use it now as a or we'll joke that we're borrowing from the future kind of right. day. Like, all right, man, it's a, you know, I had a rough night, kid woke up, got to go, and I'm going to use that as a tool today. Yeah, okay. use it as a tool, not just like an automatic every morning. Right. But yeah. it, can be, it can be ceremonial on, on the weekend. And, and then the other thing with, with nutrition as it relates to sleep is proximity. Proximity to bedtime is, is, is crucial. So the, the more time you give from your last meal to bedtime, the better, the better opportunity you're going to have to sleep. And, and part of that is that your body has an opportunity to process the blood sugar. If you go to bed, and I, I've tested this, I've, I've worn a continuous blood glucose monitor for six months, and the higher my blood sugar is before bed, the lower my quality of sleep, mm-hmm. Un, like unequivocally. So what we recommend in general is two hours before bed is, is your last meal or the last bite of food. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not, I mean, makes a lot of sense. So it just gives your body a chance. And, and you know, if you can move that back even further, which we have people who are, you know, really trying to get some big results, we try to move dinner four hours from bedtime or five hours from mm-hmm. bedtime uh, before we even talk about, you know, changing, changing the quality of the food. And then um, my, my I, I'll skip ahead one because I like this topic a lot, is alcohol. It's mm. a common question, so I want to address it. What, mm-hmm. what should we do about alcohol? And our recommendation here is, and please don't take this to excess, it's to drink on an empty stomach. Which, you know, do you remember the days in college where they said, whatever yeah. you do, don't drink on an empty yeah. stomach? Well, that's because you're going to have, like, If you're a college drinks. student listening yeah, to this, this is not applicable yeah, to you. Not, yeah. <laughs> I've drank on an empty stomach in college, and it does it not. It doesn't work out so well, yeah. does no, it? No, it does not. But it, it's a way for us to, to be a cheaper date. And it's, it's you know, the other, the other thing about it is you're, you're more sensitive. Mm-hmm. So on an empty stomach, you're more insulin sensitive, and you're also going to be more sus- uh, sensitive to the alcohol. So if you're, I mean, we're, let's be honest, 
we drink alcohol because we like the little buzz, we like the way it makes us feel. So if you can get that with you know 400 less calories, we're, we're all winning, and then and it's going to hopefully prevent you from making other poor decisions. Um, and honestly, better. the earlier you can do it, the better. Like mm -hmm. day drinking. Day drinking. <laughs> not that we need to do so that. So listen to this. To this. <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, podcast. like drinking is one of the biggest uh, factors for reduced REM sleep as well. Oh, so yes. the more that alcohol can wear off before you get to that, the right. better. Right. Process well before you're, um, you know, before you're actually uh, asleep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and then and the last one it, that we have as it relates to uh, sleep is. Earthing, and th this term is really as simple as go outside and put your feet in the grass. And, and what that's gonna allow you to do, is it's gonna allow your body to adjust to the circadian rhythm of the time and place that you are. And we're, we'll give little tips on, on travel as we go, but this is kind of our biggest travel health hack is when you get on the ground, mm -hmm. where, wherever you are, spend some time barefoot. Get outside in the sunshine, spend some time barefoot in the grass um, or in the dirt if you're gonna. Aaron Rodgers does it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, uh, just yes, resets your. So there, there's there's science behind it. It sounds kind of hippie, but if you want to talk about the the uh, positive electrons. Oh right. So we're inundated with positive electrons from anything electronic, basically our computers, our cell phones, you know, it, it, Wi-Fi. So really, nature is emitting negative electrons so we want to try to balance that out by being in contact with nature so I mean, there we could also get into like the new thing called forest bathing like when you go into nature into a forest where you're surrounded by trees they literally have tested cortisol level levels and they see a significant drop in cortisol levels so I think it's just Which cortisol levels your, your stress we've mentioned that a couple times but that's your stress hormone mm -hmm. yeah. so I think it's just kind of a, a yin to the yang a balance like okay yeah we all live in the you know, in the current day, and we're going to be around, around electronics, we're going to fly on planes, that's all good and great, but we need to balance it off, out with, you know, some of the negative electrons from, quote-unquote, grounding earthing. That is a very interesting point that I have never <laughs> and, thought of. And, yes. and, and don't take our word for it, test it. Exactly. So I, I have people who, uh, hey, how do I get my, your, your, my HRV is through the roof, and and it's which is a I, good thing. It's, which is a great thing, yes, because I do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, how can I get my HRV up? I go, well, go spend five minutes in the grass tonight and let's see what it is tomorrow morning. Every time. It'll be, it'll be 10 points higher, 20 points higher. Even just getting just outside. Just from getting outside in, in, in the grass. So it's, it's not just something that we're, it, it's pr proven with data that, we, that we've seen. And, um, you know, that, that, that directly correlates with your body's ability to recover and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and maintain long-term health. So if, if we kind of take a step back, like those are our, our mm -hmm. greatest hits as it relates to uh, sleep. The one thing that we didn't really cover is our, the lighting. And I think that's probably your, your topic, sure. the lights that we use in our bed are, are Yeah, so important. on our nightstands we have, and I can, we can link to the, I just got them on Amazon, we can link to them in the show notes, but um, they do not have blue light in them. And actually... So, side note, my our son, who's three, he would not go to bed, not go to bed. He, you know, one more book. We ended up read ten books, and I switched to this light, and I swear we reduced it to like five books now. Yeah, because <laughs> it just it's like all like kind of it's an ant like an amber, orangey, red light, and it just sets the mood, and you just feel yourself getting tired quicker. Um, and so we have those in all of our lamps next to our bed. We also, um, I'm sure a lot of people already know about this, but on the iPhone or I'm sure the Android too, they have something called night shift. You turn that setting on and then you can set what time you want that to come on. So on my phone, I have it come on at seven in the summer and then earlier in the winter because it gets darker earlier. Mm -hmm. 
So at that time, your phone will automatically switch to where there's no blue light being admitted. Okay. Um, then there's apps for the computer too. So if you, I mean, you know, we all work, we gotta be on our computer, we gotta get something done at night. There is an app that you can download that will do the same thing that the iPhone does with the night shift, just to get rid of that blue light. So even if you are, do have to work, you're not having that blue light directly, you know, going into your iris. Now, so. now as much as I'd encourage everyone to start doing all of this tomorrow, that's not realistic. Probably, yeah. Right. So I, I think after hearing this, hearing this through, like what are what are the high points that, that you can work with, or maybe what jives with you, and you know, over over time you might find different routines mm -hmm. that work. But this this is something that we've been playing with honestly I for would, the last ten years. Right. Well, and really hard getting more hardcore the last three years mm -hmm. because there's I mean there's so much good information out of there out there on podcasts, books. I mean it's being talked about a lot. Yeah. So Sleep's like again, we're not it is experts, but we. This we is our we practice every night, our though. Business. We listen to I don't a know, lot of yeah. Experts. I don't know two people who practice more. Uh, you two practice what you preach more than any two people <laughs> I know. So yeah, I absolutely agree but with the, that. But the key word is practice, and yeah. I think that's yeah. what that we want to encourage people. And to we do. break all of this sometimes. We're like, you know, you got to be human too. And you know, um, even though we're talking about this, and you've gotten a lot of this from practice and books and whatnot, I have to say that um, I was in an event probably a year ago, and one of the top heart surgeons was opening up this event. It had it was around women's health, and um, she did say. Absolutely, if I could just tell you just one thing, only one thing to improve your health, it would be sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is really important, and we take it so for granted. So, mm -hmm. right. so that's, that's why not, it's yeah. part one. So part two, we're going to kind of dig into nutrition, and, in, and I think everything will kind of come back to recovery, but nutrition plays a gigantic role in, in kind of our day-to-day -day energy and, um, and vitality and, and how we can do a better job with recovery. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. This was great. I, again, I learned some more. Cool. Thank Thanks. you. Appreciate right. it. Thanks for joining us and come back for part two and three in our next podcasts. Sweet. That was awesome. I couldn't get my last sentence out. I'm like, you both practiced. My ears.